we go. But we're in our series, Into the Wild. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. And I have the privilege of preaching this evening. Come on. I absolutely love Life Changes Church. I really do believe that Life Changes Church is the best church in the world. Thank you very much. Here we go. I did not pay him to do that, I promise you. But it's incredible to be here. Like I said, we're in our series, Into the Wild. And this is basically about the mission of the church. What is the mission of the local church in our world? And I want to start off tonight's sermon with taking us back to the Springboks winning the World Cup, everybody. Yes. I was on the edge of my seat. I enjoyed every moment of it. I did lose more here in the process, but it was well worth it. And Ox and I, we don't eat salads. I was ready to run onto that field. And you may not look at me like a rugby player, but I was going to be there, everybody. I am the bomb squad. But I, what I realized in the Springboks, right, is that there are many different parts, there's many different facets to this game, but everyone in the Springboks squad knew their role. They knew what they were doing, they knew when they needed to be on the pitch, they needed, knew when they needed to give 45 minutes or 30 minutes or the whole 80 minutes, they knew why they were there. They knew their function, they knew their purpose, they knew what they needed to achieve. And not only did they know their purpose. They knew the common goal, the unified goal of the entire squad. And because they had a unified goal, because they had a common purpose, they had a mission together in order to lift the World Cup trophy, everybody. But it's because of that unified purpose that the Springboks winning the World Cup has unified a nation in a sense. Because when we have a common purpose, we can go on mission together. We cannot go on mission as the local church if we don't know what our purpose is as believers. And uh, Mark Twain says it like this. There are two significant days in a person's life. The day you are born and the day you find out why. There are two significant days. The day you are born and the day you find out why. And this series is a reminder to our own hearts as to why we are here. Why God created you. You aren't just a random act of the universe. You aren't just a mistake on a drunken night. You aren't just a clump of souls. You were created by your Father in heaven for a plan and a purpose. And that is to further his kingdom because we have received the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are supposed to go out as believers and further his kingdom so that others may encounter his grace and his hope and his freedom. And so while I was thinking about this series and, and praying for this evening, I firstly want to say that I love this church, but I love the people that make up this church. It's not about numbers. It's not about just filling seats in a building. It's about reaching a city that are lost and broken. It's about reaching people for His grace and for His gospel because we have received His grace and His gospel. That we are just broken, messy people outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. But I really do believe, and I have it burn on my heart, that because of the grace of Jesus Christ, when people say yes to his gospel, when people just have a simple yes to allowing God in their lives and his purpose and his plan to shape their lives and their businesses and their homes and their schools, we really will change the city and we will change our nation. And there's this amazing scripture in Acts verse 17, which has gripped my heart in this series. And I just want to read it for us quickly. And it's about this group of believers who encountered Jesus Christ, who made him Lord and Savior, and encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that there is power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? 
not just to do another church service on a Sunday, not just to know a little bit more about him. There is power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that others may believe. And there's this group of believers, and it says this in Acts verse 17. And Paul went in, as was his custom, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures in the synagogue, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And then it goes on. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers, some of the other believers like you and me, before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. As believers, I believe that we are called to turn the world upside down because of the power of Jesus Christ. That he hasn't just given us power to do another Sunday service. He has given us power to change the world for his kingdom. And so I'm going to ask you the question tonight. Do you have the power? Do you have the power as you go out in your families? Do you have the power as you go out in your schools? Do you have the power where you are sitting here tonight? We sang that song that we trust in God. But do we trust him to change our nation? Do we trust him to change others? And do we have that beating in our hearts that people may encounter that same grace and that same power because they desperately need Jesus Christ. Can I pray for us? Lord, we thank you that we are called to turn the world upside down. I pray, Lord, that you will burn in us an expectation and a faith for more of you, that we won't settle for anything less. We won't settle for safe, sanitized Christianity. We won't settle for a small gospel. We won't settle for not seeing the lost reach. We won't settle for anything else but you, Jesus Christ, and your kingdom. And so I pray right now as believers, as the Life Changes PM congregation, Lord, that we say yes to your gospel. We say yes to your power. We say yes to your spirit. And that we will see the lost reached. That we will see the broken restored. And that we will see our city and our nation come to you. And we pray this in your mighty name because believers say yes. And we pray this. Amen and amen. And so firstly, to turn the world upside down, I want you to know that it's always been his plan since the beginning of time. When Jesus goes out and prays with the Father in John 17, he takes some time and he prays for his disciples and he prays for other believers. And he says this incredible phrase, in 17 verse 20 and 21 it will be on the screen behind me my prayer is not for them alone i pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one all of the believers all the different churches all the different races all the dem def different demographics no matter whether you old black or white all of them may be one father just as you are in me and I am in you. And why does it say that? May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, we want unity in our nation. And we believe that there needs to be unity. It needs to cross racial divides. It needs to cross prejudices. It needs to cross boundaries. And it needs to get in our hearts. And that actually a unified church is a powerful church. But there's a reason why we need unity. And that word unity means a common goal or a common purpose. 
And the reason why we need unity is because we all need to go on mission together with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus came to save and seek the lost. We were all restored to him. If you know Jesus Christ, you have received his grace and his goodness. And because we have received his grace and his goodness, we need to pour it out to those who don't know him yet. And he is on mission. He has come into the world to save and seek the lost. Not come to put on better church services or so that we may know him a little bit better or so that we may have good quiet times. No, there are people dying and in need of his restoration and his hope and his freedom. And so he comes and he says, may you be one. May you all be of the same mind, the same spirit, striving side by side for the gospel so that people may know that I sent you and may have eternal life. See, is that beating in our heart that people may know him and have eternal life? See, Jesus prays that we may be one so that people might be saved. The reality is, as the church, I believe that we will walk in power when we walk with eternity in mind. Too often we are concerned with what we can get, what we can get from church. And I've done it, and I do it time and time again. I come just needing a little topper, or it's been a little bit of a hard week, so I I just need some of his presence in worship. And those are good things. And he wants us to worship him. He wants us to be in his presence, but he wants to fill us so that we may go out. He doesn't just want us filled up so that we can just receive more and more and more without ever pouring out to someone else. That's a church that is stagnant and not on the move. And we're not called to be a church on the block. We are called to be a city on the hill. And we are called to reach the lost. And John Calvin puts it this way. The cross is the father declaring to the world that he wants his children back. When we look at people Do we look at them with the lens of the Father, that they are lost, that they are far from Him? And do you believe in eternity, Cyril man? Do you believe that there is a heaven and a hell, and that every opportunity is an opportunity to plunder hell and populate heaven? Do you believe that just by loving someone and by inviting them into your home, you could have an eternal impact in their story? Do you believe just by showing a little bit of grace and a little bit of kindness in your business place or your work or by treating your employees fairly that you can show people Jesus Christ wherever you may be? See, because we are called to go out and make disciples. We are called to go out and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are called to have this unified goal as the church. See, there is a plan for the world. But the plan isn't better church services. The plan isn't bigger uh, churches. The plan is the people of God going out on mission with Jesus Christ. That is the plan A. You are the plan A. So I want you to turn to someone next to you and say, you are the plan A. And that may terrify you or fill you with faith. I don't know. But we are the plan A. The church is the plan A. There is no other plan. And it's so that the world may believe in Jesus Christ. But the reality is that I think at some level, we all believe this. We all maybe understand this. And we all say amen on a Sunday. And we maybe think, yes, it would be nice for my family. It would be nice for my neighbors to to be in heaven one day. It would be nice for them to know Jesus. But my question is, 
does it consume you? Because I believe that when we go on mission, what consumes us will determine our direction. And if we are consumed by other things, where are we going on mission? Are we following Jesus Christ or are we following something else? Our own desires, our own passions. And I've done it time and time again. I'm preaching to my own heart. I get so distracted with doing church, so distracted with doing things for God that I forget about the mission of Jesus Christ, that there are lost that need to be saved and sought after. And I had the privilege of doing my best friend's wedding yesterday. And um, I, I've done quite a, a number of weddings now, but mostly in the church and with believers. And as I was uh, doing this wedding, I looked out in the crowd and I realized that probably 90% of them are unbelievers. And uh, when you were having a conversation about me doing the wedding, uh, they said this phrase that uh, kind of pierced my heart a little bit. They said, hey, we would love you to do the wedding, but just not a lot of Jesus stuff. And then I thought, well, what does that really mean? Not a lot of Jesus stuff. But then I thought, actually, this is an opportunity to preach the gospel. This is an opportunity to love people and show them something different. And so many people came to me afterwards, and not to boast of myself, but just because we say yes to Jesus Christ, he will do more than we can dream, think, or imagine, like Kevin shared earlier. When we say yes to him, he gives us the power, and he gives us the confidence and the boldness. And when his power comes upon us, when his Holy Spirit comes upon us, we walk in power. And so many people came up to me afterwards, and they just couldn't understand. They said, there's something different about this wedding. There is something different about this. And we've been to many weddings, but we don't know what's different. And I got to just share some, uh, some opportunity. I got the opportunity to share with some people about Jesus Christ. Just about God and His goodness in my life. And I could see just the cogs turning that there's something different here. And that every opportunity in our lives is an opportunity to plunder how and populate heaven. And that we walk in His power and His Spirit. But does it consume us, Life Changes Church? If it doesn't consume you, I promise you something else is consuming you. But this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is his word. This isn't the, the words of a preacher or the hype on stage or because the worship was good this evening. This is the word. Jesus was on mission. He came to save and seek the lost. Do we have that burnt in our heart? When we wake up in the morning, is that what we are thinking about? And we need to remember that we are part of a bigger story. It's not about us. It's not about our church. It's not about a brand called Life Changes Church. It's about those who don't know him yet. Jesus didn't die for good church services. He died so that we may have eternal life. Are we going out? And I think the reality is that so often we get consumed with other things. What is consuming you this evening? Maybe it's your financial situation. Maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's your family, which is a good thing and a godly thing. Maybe it's your future. What is consuming you this evening and will you be consumed by the gospel? Because I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it may cost you in this life, but there will be a rewards in eternity. There will be an inheritance of people. There will be an inheritance of brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ because you said yes to the gospel. 
because you said yes when it was costly, when you said yes when you were tired, when you said yes when you just came to church again and again, and maybe you've known Jesus Christ for many years, or maybe you've just come to know Jesus Christ, but will you say yes to him because he is faithful? He is faithful and he's on the move. And I promise you, when we are on the move with him, when we are on mission with Jesus Christ, we will turn the world upside down. I believe it. And it's not just for the book of Acts. It's for right here and now in South Africa, in Life Changes Church. Will we be on the move? Firstly, it's his plan. And secondly, it's your purpose. You were created for a plan and a purpose. And I promise you, it is bigger than just coming to church on a Sunday and uh, receiving a little bit so that you fold up like a pit stop, like an engine one stop. It's bigger than that. You have a purpose in life. And maybe you've asked the question before, what is my purpose? What is my goal? Why am I here? And my question tonight is, when is the last time you have asked God, why am I on earth, Lord? And not only why am I on earth, why am I here? Why has God placed you here? In Cape Town, in Life Changes Church. Maybe it's just to reach one person. Maybe it's to reach someone at your work. Maybe it's that someone needs a word of encouragement. And that word of encouragement can change a life in an instant. The reason why I joined this church, I was broken. I wanted nothing to do with church anymore. I got hurt in church. I left the church. I didn't believe in God because I didn't see his promises being fulfilled in my life. So I left the church. And I stayed in church because there was a couple called Harry and Miriam who were in their 80s. And they decided that they would talk to me for 20 minutes the first evening that I came. And then when I came back the next time, they remembered my name and they talked to me for another 20 minutes just to make sure that I was all right. And it's because of that couple and just those words of kindness and generosity and love that my life has been restored. And I promise you I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that couple named Harry and Miriam. You don't know what your yes can do in a person's life. When we say yes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has an eternal impact. He uses your ordinary for his extraordinary. He uses your ordinary for the extraordinary. And God created the heavens and the earth, and he created you all for his plan and his purpose. And we see this throughout the book of Acts. When people say yes to Jesus Christ, they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and whole cities and nations are shaken. When the uh, people of God are on the move, I promise you, no city is ever the same. Cities are either turned upside down or they just chuck all the disciples out wanting nothing to do with them. The cities are never the same when the gospel is on the move. And it says this in Acts verse one, uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's just stop there for a second. There's a few things that we need to notice. Firstly, is you will receive power. We don't achieve it. We don't work for it. We don't perform for it. We don't strive to attain it. We receive power. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. This isn't a terms and conditions. This isn't a if and but. If you have been good this week, if you have been reading your Bible, if you have been spending time in His Word, no, you do receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
And why does the Holy Spirit come upon the believers in the book of Acts? It's so that the gospel may be spread across the earth, so that they may be witnesses. And that word witnesses means those who have tasted and seen. Those who have tasted and seen. Have you tasted and seen of the goodness of God? If you have, then if I'm reading my scripture correctly, it doesn't say that you can be witnesses. It doesn't say you shall be witnesses. It doesn't say you may or if the, the music in the background is good enough, you will be witnesses. No, it says you will be witnesses if the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, this isn't a command by Jesus Christ. This is just the truth of the gospel. Jesus isn't commanding us to be witnesses. He's telling you, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you will be a witness to His power and His gospel. Because the Holy Spirit can only come upon us and bring power if the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and we have a heart that has been revealed to us, the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. And if we have received that grace, will we pour out that grace wherever we may go? Do you believe that you can pour out that grace for your family members who do not know him yet and that their lives will be shaped and transformed. I have the privilege of doing my grandfather's memorial in the beginning of the year, and I may have shared this story before, but probably as long as I've been, uh, I've been alive, I knew that he was a devout atheist. I remember when I was 10 years old, him and I having an argument about evolution and creationism and uh, him giving me a book of Richard Dawkins and say, God is not real. And I remember having these questions and wrestling with it while he was on his deathbed. Because I knew that in reality, he was not going to heaven outside of a miracle. He did not want anything to do with the church. He did not want anything to do with God because he had been hurt and he had been let down and disappointed in his life. But I, while I could not get this out of my mind, and I was woke, woken so many nights out of my sleep because my heart was just paining for this man who did not know Jesus Christ and who was dying and there is eternity at stake the truth is there is heaven and there is hell and I want to be with my father in heaven one day and I want to see my friends and I want to see my family there because I believe in the truth of the gospel and we were praying and we were praying and and it was nearing the end, and I didn't think that anything could change. And to be honest, my faith was low. I thought that nothing in the natural could change this man's heart. And the very night before he passed away, my cousin, who is also a pastor, drove to that hospital. And I didn't know he was doing this. And he just sat there. And just because of his presence, and just because he was kind, and just because he found him, And it will do more than we can think, dream, or imagine. When we say yes to the gospel, life changes church. And so in Acts verse 1 to 7, it describes the gospel in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was where Jesus was executed and where people rebelled against him as king. Samaria was a woman at a well and impure half-breeds in the eyes of the Jewish people. Judea rejected his ministry. 
And I can imagine the disciples looking at this and going, we will go to those places? Why would you send us there, Jesus? But Jesus is saying, because they need to hear my gospel and they need to hear my message. Because they are lost and broken and in need of eternity. There are people in need of eternity. The invitation of the gospel is come and see. Come and taste how good he is so that you may go and tell. That's the invitation of the gospel. There is no other version. There is no other translation. Come and see so that you may go and tell. See, that is the mission of the gospel. And when the Spirit comes upon us, not if, when the Spirit comes upon us, He gives us the power and the authority to carry that mission out. Do you believe that you have given, been given the power, Life Changes Church? The power of the Holy Spirit. We have confidence that we are witnesses to the truth. We can stand on the truth of the gospel. This is true in eternity. This is true because of his blood and his grace. And we can have confidence in that fact. See, we are called to take hold of the mission in hand and give it freely to those who desperately need it. Will you take hold of the mission this evening? And so throughout the book of Acts, you see groups of believers who are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and then speak with boldness and courage and authority about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see it in Acts 3 when Peter and John heal a lame man and then the Sadducees uh, bring them in front of the council and say, by what power and by what authority did you do this? And they said these words, they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were unschooled, ordinary men, but because they had been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, they saw signs and wonders. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. I believe that the world will be astonished and turned upside down because of uneducated, common believers saying yes to the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. In order to turn the world upside down, we need boldness, Life Changes Church. And boldness comes when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And we receive the power of the Holy Spirit when we say yes to Jesus Christ. It's not a if you have received the power, you have received the power when you say yes to Jesus Christ and go on mission with him. Do you believe and have full assurance that you have the power of Jesus Christ? You have all access to the Father because you have received the good news of the gospel. You are his son and his daughter and you have been purchased by his blood. Do you have full assurance knowing that you will be in eternity with him one day? And if you don't, sir so, or so, ma'am, I promise you, you can trust in your Savior, Jesus Christ. He washes you white as snow. He covers a multitude of sins. As far as the east is from the west, he has died for you. And he has given you new life because you have been raised to life in him. Do you believe it? Because there is power, life-changing, life-giving power in it. Addiction-breaking, life-changing, demon-fleeing power. 
Do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? We are called to turn the world upside down. Charles Stanley says it this way, God's voice leads us not into timid discipleship, but into bold witness. We are not called to be timid disciples, just gathering in church on a Sunday. We are called to be a city on a hill, a church on the move, saving and seeking the lost, going in boldness, authority, and confidence wherever we may go. I believe there are men and women in this room who will change their businesses just by saying yes to the word and call on their lives of Jesus Christ. There's strategies in this room that can change South Africa. There's people in this room just by caring and loving one another who will change our schools and our universities. Because believers go on mission and say yes to Jesus Christ. We will save and seek the lost. We want to see those people come home. We want to see those people with the Father one day. And that is burning in our hearts and consuming every moment, every thought moment of our life. And we are ruined for anything else. That's when we will turn the world upside down. And I'll never forget this moment that I sat with one of my best friends and his name is Michael Fortley and he was in a real, a real low state in his life. He was drinking every weekend. He was using all of his money on alcohol. He was depressed. He had no purpose, even though he had a really good job and he wanted to end his life at a point. Just because he didn't know why he was here and he was that person who I said would never come to know Jesus. He was clever, he's cleverer than me. I couldn't persuade him with words. I couldn't have an intellectual argument or debate as to why he should believe in Jesus Christ. And there was a moment in our lives when we were sitting at Eden on the Bay. And unfortunately, in that moment, I was far from God. I knew about God. I knew about eternity and that he is good. I knew these things, but it was not a heart reality. I wasn't in a personal relationship with Jesus whatsoever at that moment. And I'll never forget this day. He said, Michael, will you take me to church? And I came up with an excuse why I couldn't. Because I had forgotten the mission. I did all the right things. I read my Bible. I prayed. I knew about God. But his mission had not gripped my heart. But luckily someone else said yes to the mission of Jesus Christ. And invited that man to Life Changes Church. And I saw that man get saved in this building. And I saw Gabe, who's another pastor in the life of the church, baptize that man, one of my best friends. And I saw that man just keep on saying yes and yes and yes to Jesus Christ. And he was healed in this place. And he was restored in this place. And he is now married to a beautiful woman named Casey Fortley, who is Gabe's sister-in-law. And I've seen that man restored. And I got to have a conversation with that man afterwards. And what he said to me was, I wish you had told me about Jesus 
about how good he is. And that pierced my heart in that moment. Because we're all carrying that gift. But sometimes because of brokenness or our own inadequacies or because we feel disqualified, we're keeping that gift wrapped up and tight and hidden away. But God has given that gift to us to pour out to others, to offer to others wherever we may go, to show how good and how powerful He is, that He is life-changing, He is world-transforming, He is ever-abundant, He is ever-graceful. Will we take hold of the mission and hand it out to others, Life Changes Church? Will we be a city on a hill? Will we turn the world upside down? Because we say yes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you to stand? Jesus says it perfectly in Matthew 10. I'm gonna read out of the message version. He says this to his disciples. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in your neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. So travel light. Are we traveling light? You don't need equipment. You are the equipment. All you need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we go out in boldness and authority because there is a world in desperate need of his freedom and his healing. Will we be consumed with his gospel? Just with all eyes closed right now. So often I've been distracted by other things. I've been in church for so many years I can become so churched. I can just go through the motions. I can wake up without really ever asking God, why am I here? And be consumed with so many other things, whether it's pressures or pleasures in life. But right now, if you're saying, I wanna say yes again, I want to say yes again to his purpose and his plan for my life. Maybe my heart has grown dim to, to the things of his kingdom. Maybe I've grown small in my thinking and my faith. Maybe I, I've said yes to other things in my life and my own comforts. Maybe I've gotten distracted uh, among the race. If you're saying, I want to say yes again, and my hand will be up with yours, because I believe that we can get so distracted by so many things in this world 
that we forget to say yes to the mission and take hold of it so that we can give it away. So if you're saying yes, I'm gonna pray for us that power will fill this room right now. That this is a commissioning moment as sons and daughters go out into the world and tell of the good news of Jesus Christ. So God, will you pour out your spirit in this place? Not just for more power so that we can do Sunday services, but for more power so that we can go out and show the world how good you are. That we are a city on a hill. That we are a a group of believers on the move. And that we are a group of believers for the city of Cape Town, for the nation of South Africa. That we will see the lost saved and sought because of your grace and your goodness. And as we pour out into people's lives that you will fill us with your power and your spirit. And so right now, Lord, will your spirit just move in this place. May you burn a fire on our hearts. May you burn a fire on these people. May you anoint and ordain them, Lord, for your good works that you have prepared for them. That they are called by you. That they are chosen by you. They are ordained by you and anointed by you. And so, Lord, we just lift up our hands to receive right now. Just receive from Him. As the band sing the song, will you just receive from Him? Will you receive his power? Will you receive his confirmation? Will you receive his identity? Will you receive his assurance that he is faithful? Will you receive his goodness and his kindness and his abundance of grace? Will you receive all boldness and authority and a confidence in the heavens and on the earth? Let's sing the song Life Changes Church and trust in our God to move.